The following talk cast was recorded live, just like me. Computer status report. Don't blink. Don't even blink. Blink and you're dead. No! Saturday Recorded live. And we know what that sound means because when you hear the dulcet tones of the mechanical voice, it's time for Sci-Fi Saturday Night for Saturday, July 3rd, 2010. I am the Dome. Joining us tonight from the Alston Brighton Hellmouth is Kriana. Hello. Oh, she's actually awake, aware, and alive. I figured you'd be <laughs> sleeping through this once you got the buttons pushed. Yeah. Yeah, oh. pretty much. And, and and I understand this is something going on in the uh, Four Color Vault of Comics tonight. Illustrator X, uh, are you okay? I'm fine. Out! I'm- out! 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 Oh, my God. It's Back an invasion. Oh, my God. Our longtime listeners are invading the vault- Four Color Vault of Comics. <laughs> how, did they, how did they find you? That's scary hey. enough. Uh, they followed the trail of my mom's cookies. <laughs> Hi, I'm Empress Seth. Empress Seth, Mr. Watching. And Mr. Washington. Who is Rochad? I'm okay. Isis. This is all getting very scary. Uh, so, Kriana, uh, joining us in our second half hour, hopefully, if he remembers to... Uh, get on with us tonight. Somebody may have just sent him a text telling him to get his ass on Skype. <laughs> he is Mike Doherty from Brown Coats Redemption. Um, and also you need to please remind Zombrarian that as soon as the uh, podcast ends to uh, please post my review of uh, Brown Coats Redemption. She's not here, so... Well, she crawls uh, out of her grave, I'll... Okay, yeah, we'll let the Zombrarian know that, because that would be incredibly helpful. So, uh, what is going on in the world of science fiction this week? Can I start by talking about Wonder Woman's new costume? Oh, if you must, Empress Seth, go for it. I think Wonder Woman's new costume is amazing. Um, I recently read a book called uh, Supergirls by a man named Mike Madrid, and he discusses feminism in comics, and he talks about Wonder Woman at great length, and one of the things that he complains about is her costume, and it's like someone at DC finally woke up. Jim Lee redesigned her costume. It's been getting a lot of media coverage from the Huffington Post to the New York Times, and I think she looks great. Uh, I'm not going to go quite that far with you. I think there's an iconic nature to that costume and to basically have completely redesigned it. I, I don't think there's much left besides that little cowl piece with the W on You're it. You're wrong. It's a misogynistic iconic nature. I think she looks awesome. I and totally to, agree, Kriana. I, she and just- to also reinvent her entire backstory just to set a new set of uh, whatever... I, I don't know. Her backstory anyway. 
Um, um, anybody who I, ever knew the Wonder Woman? I mean, like I said, whoever knew her best <laughs> anyway. All I, all I want to say is that the guy that's writing it, J. Michael Straczynski, you guys know him as the writer of Babylon 5. If yeah. anyone can pull Woo. this off, yeah. no meh from you, Mr. Washi. If anyone can pull it off, it's this guy. Thanks, Washi. I tend to agree with you on that one. Thank you. Oh. oh. Well, Illustrator X and Empress Sith and the Dead Redhead are big Babylon 5 fans. And no, and I mean, you know, for, ba- for, Bab- <laughs> for Babylon 5, that's fine. But, I mean, the reality is that, you know, at some point, you know, DC has gone through, let's reinvent Superman, let's reinvent Batman. Why don't we just throw everything out the window every five years and start over again? Oh, wait. It's, the a, movies it's actually are- every three years with DC. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's getting kind of ridiculous. Well, one of the points that Mike Madrid makes in his book is that why is it that Batman has four comics that come out every month? Why is it that Superman has four comics that come out every month? But Wonder Woman, who's part of this so-called trinity of original superheroes, she has one book and it doesn't sell that well. So I think DC's trying to push and say, okay, we're going to try and invest the time and energy into making Wonder Woman a character that sells well and that people love again. Yeah. Okay, well, it's worth a shot. It's worth a shot. Whether it's going to happen or not, whether it actually does what it's supposed to do, is something time will tell over the next six months to a year. But I doubt that DC will give it more than that before it once again folds its house of cards and goes back. Because well, DC's never really had the spine to follow through with stuff like this. That's true, but, you know, they've got new editorial control, and, you know, I like to be optimistic when it comes to comics, or else I wouldn't, you know, spend every last dime I had on them. Yeah, I think we all do, and that's kind of the problem. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But that's that's all Empress Sith has to say. I just wanted to say hi and love the show, and thanks for giving me a chance to come on and give my thoughts. Can you please explain me? Oh, all right. No! Oh, okay, fine. Gag him so he can't sing. Please, whatever you do, don't let him sing. Stop a bullet cold, make the excess fold. Ow! <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> Whoever hit you, thank you. <laughs> okay, uh, if you go to Greg Peltz, blogspot.com, uh, Greg is a terrific graphic artist. And he's done Victorian Star Wars portraits that I just think are amazingly cool. Uh, have you guys had a chance to look at them? We just did. Yes. yes. What do you the, think? The, uh, the Chewbacca one is especially impressive. I agree. They actually okay. made, they made Chewbacca look proper. That's very difficult to do. They give him a Sherlock Holmes kind of look, I think. Yeah, you know? I agree. Yeah, very Sherlock Holmes, very, well, when I was a ninja. Yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and, I, and I really like the uh, C-3PO, uh, you know, manservant. You know, that because was, that's, that, too. that was excellent. Yes. That's how you always thought he should look, I thought. And I'm very surprised and pleased that Boba Fett pulls off the top hat. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's also kind of cool. The cloak very nicely. Probably my favorite Boba Fett sketch ever. Uh, that's from a man who once dressed as Boba Fett. Poorly. 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 <laughs> he wore a kilt. What? Now he has to stay 500 feet away from that school at all times. 
What are you doing at being untied? Someone tie him back up. And gag him. Sith was in charge of the gag. She vaporized. She's she's gone. She fell into a time into the time vortex or something she like that. She may be doing something with the gag that you don't want to know about. You maybe you do. Well, you never know with her. No, true. It's unfortunate, but you never know. No. Uh, who posted the Matt Smith uh, Doctor Who theme? Yo, was freaking great. Awesome. That's actually that's actually what I wanted to talk about. I, this is this is new. I have not seen this. Oh, it's wonderful. Matt Smith does the Doctor Who theme with Orbo. That's amazing. It's very rave. It is. It's. It's one. It's at Glastonbury, and they've been doing that since the late '60s, I believe. And it it just comes out, and they give him the the the, the keyboard and everything, and it goes right into it. And then it hits a nice groove for the whole thing at about two and a half minutes in. Cool. I just want to say, Matt Smith, heart. Love, Kriana. Oh. <laughs> oh. Now, so, okay, I don't, this is not the first time the Doctor has done a theme, his own theme song, though. That's very true. There, there's two other instances. Uh, John Pertwee actually sang... A version of the Doctor Who theme with lyrics. You can find it all over YouTube and so forth. I'm not sure and I want to. No, you don't. It's it's you're just like, oh John, I'm so sorry you had this in the contract. <laughs> uh, but then there's also a version of Sylvester McCoy doing the version on musical spoons. I want to see it. Uh, it's very hard to find, but uh, Sylvester McCoy is, is my friend. Really? Yes. Get him on the show. What? Well, he's all the way in England. But he's your friend. But, but he's that always... hasn't stopped us before. No, we've had, we've, we've, we've had people on from England before. It can be done. Well, you, you get him then. And a, he's, he's your friend. He, all right, he's he's <laughs> he's friend like he's friend like Facebook friend. He's a, uh, that's a start. He's a smiley face uh, on you. Yes, I, I sat and had tea with him once, and so okay, he, okay, Dom, you're you're gonna you're gonna cry when I tell you this, and I'm telling you this on the air so that you can't like scream and squeal but um there's a cupcake shop that opened up down the street in the alton alston brighton home mouth yes currently trying to convince them to do a brain in a jar cupcake but they host such delicacies as chocolate bacon cupcakes also chocolate bacon yes chocolate bacon just wrong no delicious Wrong. Delicious. Wrong. I've heard worse. Wrong is what you are, because they're delicious. But <laughs> <laughs> well, let's find and out. And I just found out that the guy who owns its brother-in-law is none other than Craig Ferguson. No. Really? No way. And he was there yesterday. We missed him by a day. That, well, yeah, he's in town for the Fourth of July thing. He he does it for CBS at, at Boston Common. Yep, and we missed him by a day. Ah, oh, Jesus. Well, let's see if we can get a brain in a jar, you know, cupcake. That'd be the coolest I was thing in the. Say, our favorite server from Knit Brunch um, moved over there, and we saw her today. I pitched the brain in the jar cupcake. She seemed positive. We'll see how it goes. Awesome. Well, everyone listening, 
there is nothing. There's no better way to say I love you to the cast of Sci-Fi Saturday Night than a brain in a jar cupcake. Or anything brain in the jar-ish. Absolutely. Or we could just, or we could just let Illustrator X have some fresh water. And one of the other, sir. Please, sir, more. Hey guys, it's Tiffany versus Debbie Gibson in a new sci-fi original movie. Ah. Mega Python versus Gatoroid. Are you serious? I am dead serious. I wish this was a joke. It's bad enough to be one, but it's the ever-loving truth. So which one will play the Mega Gator? And which one... (laughs) No, no, no! I want to. I want to know which one has Gatoroids. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, Tiffany did do that Playboy issue a few years back. Well, they both and, did a Playboy issue. Speaking and, and of the Sci-Fi the, Channel, though, um, Warehouse 13 on Tuesday comes back. Yes. Um, yes. And uh, Eureka this week also. Have yes. you seen the promos though? Because the promos are wicked entertaining. Yes, the promos look phenomenal for both. For which one? For both of them, actually. Oh, well, Warehouse 13 has the really awesome ones. <laughs> but you, you, you did say that uh, Warehouse 13 and Eureka are in the same universe, correct? They are, yes. They're going to have a crossover. Yes, yeah, that, that's crossover. kind of amazing. Claudia and Fargo, I believe, are crossing over. <laughs> which, which are honestly two of my favorite characters in both. I love Claudia. I'd hit yeah. that. And, and I think Fargo's just wormy enough to make it work. Yeah, exactly. It is the Mall Girl, Mall Girl Battle Royale we've been waiting for since 1986. Uh, no, not really. <laughs> <laughs> not really. Not really. Uh, Debbie Gibson, playing an animal <laughs> rights activist, releases exotic snakes into the wilds of the Everglade, which grow to unbelievable size. Actually, don't forget, according to uh, I Love the 80s, it's now Deborah. Gibson. <laughs> yes. Ooh, good point. Okay, wait, wait. <laughs> yeah, oh, okay. I'm good. This is, this is just painful. I agree. Painful. I agree. Hey, guess what? We have people to blame for it because it was written by Naomi Selfman and directed by Mary Lambert. So now we know who to blame. Oh. I don't know if you should be announcing that over the air. Yeah. They could get pulled from their cars. <laughs> true. <laughs> yeah, I'm more uh, pissed at the casting director than anyone. Yeah, oh. that's the one they didn't list. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Anonymity. Oh, my God. Guess who hey, just got his ass on guess the who's, Guess who's just about to join us, ladies and germs? Ringing. For God's sakes, let us know! It would Hello? be Mike Doherty of Brown Coat Is this working? Can you hear me? Testing. One, two, testing. Excellent. What's going on, Dom? Oh, nothing much. Pull up the wave and you can see what we've decided we can't talk about anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I got a room full of brown coats with me, uh, some of the cast and crew, and uh, we're just kind of shooting the shit and drinking beer. Awesome. I brown coats. I heart you all. You so yes, much. we all heart you guys. 
you're being hearted, guys. Oh. You're being hearted. I, not hard on, hearted. <laughs> we had so much fun on your podcast last night. Yeah, I want to thank you, you very much for uh, inviting us on last night. Oh, uh, thank you guys for having it. Did you guys see it? It's up on, online already? Yes. I did. Uh, it's, I think it's available for iTunes right now. So, thank you. So, what did I miss in the show so far, in the first eight minutes? Um, well, the Four Color Vault of Comics has been uh, taken over by our loyal listeners. Some of our listeners. Help! Be silent! Down! And they haven't seen won't... the rough cut! No, I don't understand! You'll have to explain the premise to them. <laughs> All I heard was, blah, 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 I want to see a movie. That's probably from the <laughs> Okay. Shall we play a game? Oh, sorry. <laughs> Hello, Dave. <laughs> There's a problem. Dave, you really shouldn't do that, you know. <laughs> it's really awkward to be in a room full of people to have my own conversation. <laughs> <laughs> well, hello, room Get full used of people. To it, buck Introduce yourselves. Yeah. Do you, do you want to have them introduce themselves, Absolutely. even though they can't hear you? Why not? Why can't they hear us? Because I'm wearing headphones. They'll take them off. Take the headphones well, off. Then Come you're going to have echo Take it off, Doherty. Probably not. Come on, Doherty. Take it off. Who's the take slightly like, less than masculine voice I hear quietly whispering in the background? <laughs> that would be race, uh, Illustrator X. Oh, hey, Illustrator. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> Wherever he is. <laughs> well, uh... To my right, I have Mr. Mike Levy, who happens to be playing Brett Gray in Brown Coats Redemption. Um, he is uh, looking very stylish in a pair of plaid pants and polo shirt. Wait, can you hear me? Style and plaid. No, not yet. I'll Sorry. ask him if he'll sign my boobs. <laughs> she <laughs> really <laughs> likes the movie. So, Levy. Um, Kriana from the Sci-Fi Saturday Night Podcast would like to know if you would sign her boobs. He said totally. Awesome. The, uh, his girlfriend would like to know if, if Kriana would sign her boobs. Absolutely. Oh, because God. Did we realize what we're getting into now? I don't think we do, but I'm going to go for it. <laughs> we're getting into ink boobs? Because the, the girlfriend happens to be uh, Miriam Poulter, who plays... Uh, Miss Patrick Jo Chen in Brown Coats Redemption as well. She could also can, sign my boobs. I've got something? two. Wait. Yeah. No, yes, Dome. totally heart her. Oh, <laughs> Dome totally hearts you, Miriam. She said, oh, I don't know who that is. No, no, wait, wait. I, she, has, she hasn't heard the review yet. No, she hasn't heard the review. Oh, well, you're going to have to turn the frickin' speakers up for that one, Buckaroo. I'm going <laughs> to have to do that. Hold on. So, uh, let's see. Which one is... Okay. Oh, oh right. wait, no, I heard a click. I heard a pop. I heard we a pop. have, uh, hold on, guys. I can't hear you yet, but. Silence reigns. There is, it's a wonderful silent moment here at Science Live Saturday Night. <laughs> you know what? You guys talk amongst out. yourselves. I'll figure okay. out. Okay. So right. we'll talk great. some more about Tiffany and Debbie Gibson and Mega Python. How versus- many bound codes can I get to sign my boobs in an hour? <laughs> Uh, if you come down here right now, you could probably get half the cast. Awesome. Is Heather Fagan in that part of the cast? Oh, no, Heather's not here. Damn it. 
Where is? I'm at a friend of mine's house because we're having a welcome back to America party, and uh, I don't know how to work his speakers. Oh no! <laughs> so. Okay, so anyway, we'll figure out technology so everybody can be heard later on. Works for me. <laughs> this is what editing is for. Is that what well, this editing is for? This is live for people that are listening in, right? Yeah, all one of them. Yeah. <laughs> the person no, because most of our, most of our audience is from the Four Color Vault of Comics. I was going to say, it's literally probably Brian's mom. What? <laughs> oh, Brian's mom is dead. Uh, she's in the backyard. Oh, okay, what? well, not Brian's mom, also. You know, I admit it's our very specialist fan pen. Who's Brian, by the way? I, yes. I don't know. Some and guy. what is. Some guy. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm old and gray. <laughs> I don't want him to sign my boobs. So um, we were we were actually thinking about watching some Dollhouse earlier. Then I, I just really got turned off by Eliza Dushkinu, and I wanted to. <laughs> uh, oh, why are you not here? Oh, so Mike, you are so yeah. going to get whacked next time. You know that, don't you? I love actually, I'm just going to have to hit Andrew for you. You know, you can beat Andrew all you want. I mean, he's going to watch The Notebook and use some tissues and cry in the corner, but that's what he's good for besides editing. I actually have a DVD of The Notebook with me right now, <laughs> that I'm sending down to it. Do you really? Yes. Awesome. So yes, for, Drew for any, of the, any of the Sci-Fi Saturday Night listeners, when I get my email from uh, Dom, Kriana, or anybody else, I will give you the address and you can all send Andrew a copy of The Notebook. <laughs> I believe you could pick it up for five ninety nine at your local Walmart. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Dome at all. This is Mr. Washi. Uh, yes. I will link this Hi, Mr. Washi. Back to Illustrator X. Washi, pleasure, pleasure, my friend. An absolute pleasure. Absolutely. Alrighty, take care, bud. So there's a comic book shop that has uh, listeners in it right now. There Get is. Really? Awesome. That's cool. That is wonderful. And what shop would that be? <laughs> the slightly around the corner, not quite where I'm at, comic book shop in an undisclosed location at a present time. Dun 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 dun. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I like I like the way this project is so hush hush. Me too. So, Kriana, huh? what's going on with True Blood this week? Aside from the fact that it's really hot. And the vampires don't sparkle. They no do not blood. sparkle. There is no True Blood this week. What? Yeah, there's no True Blood episode this week because of the 4th of July and stuff. That's true. But if you are hankering... What a crime. If you're hankering for some Louisiana blood... <laughs> yes. Apparently, baby Jessica has been keeping a video blog. Oh, cool. So... You can go see Jessica and how she feels about having killed a guy and then having him disappear out of her basement. Spoilers, by the way. Um, Huge ass spoilers for him. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she just looked so cute while she was doing it. Like, oops. <sighs> Shit. <laughs> like, wake up. Wake up. Wake up. <laughs> oops. Are you dead? Ed, dead. <laughs> wow, I didn't really mean to just twist your head like that. Sorry. Uh. Oh, well, anyway, she's super cute. 
possibly the best character that they've added from the books to the show. Um, it, it's, it's funny because every year they add another couple of characters in. Some I like, some I don't. This third season, uh, I'm still kind of on the fence, but the baby Jessica character has been kind of really interesting. So, so the titles are really amusing. She has, how the hell does this thing work? <laughs> Glamour shots. True blah. Is anyone out there? And where is Bill fucking Compton? <laughs> <laughs> now, where can you find all of these? Um, I believe it's at the HBO website. We'll have a link up. Yep. The link will be up uh, with the blog uh, for uh, tonight's cast. And that should be up tomorrow night. So you'll be able to see not only that, but you'll be able to see Megapython versus Gatoroids. <laughs> if you've ever, ever had Gatoroids, you know how painful that can be. Well, you know, uh, it made me sit on a donut for a while. Is programming language? <laughs> I believe it is, yes. There's Cobalt, there's Basic, and Megapython. Yes. Now, wouldn't Megapython be challenging jQuery to a battle? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Okay. So if the Mega Python gets Tiffany, wouldn't it be having breakfast at Tiffany's? Oh, uh, uh, you should be attacked by the Linux penguin. Do not sing. <laughs> My lord. We'll get it in post. Yeah, I'll take it all out. I've been a little afraid of it, but fine. <laughs> So uh, it was brought to my attention earlier uh, this evening when we had Spider Robinson and uh, what was, oh, Harlan Ellison, that's who it was. (laughs) And we were talking to them about, you know, how difficult it was to adapt uh, good science fiction books to movies and make them work. And uh, Ellison had a couple of pithy comments about it, and actually so did Spider. Uh, It turns out, uh, according to uh, Illustrator X, that uh, a former Star Trek writer is adapting Robert Heinlein's Half Space Suit Will Travel. Which nice. Yeah. Now, for those of you who aren't aware of that particular one, that's one of his early on juveniles, or what was called the juvenile novels that were made for young adults. Uh, It's being adapted for the screen by Harry Clore who wrote for uh, both Star Trek Voyager and Earth Final Conflict, so we won't hold that second one against him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but can you see that one being made into a feature film? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's a really interesting story. Uh, it was... Uh, Billy Bob Thornton did a really, really bad movie about five years ago called the, I think, The Farmer Astronaut or something. Yeah. Oh, Re- movie that he started? No, no. I mean, he may have done one or two really good movies, uh, but this one was particularly disgustingly bad. Uh, it's a guy who builds this NASA-sized rocket in, in his barn and then shoots it off. And it's just made no sense whatsoever. Because that's smart. Everyone should do that. Yeah, I'm seriously. But I mean, this is about that. So uh, I have an interesting treat for you guys if you want to take a part of it. Oh, sure. Absolutely. So I have uh, Miss Miriam Paltrow who will be hopping online in just three, two. Hi. Hello. Hi, Miriam. How are you? Good. I'm good. I have a beer in my hand. 
Awesome. That's the best way to deal with us. I have beer in my body. It's medicated or, or, or is suitably softened up. In my in my vicinity counts. Science. <laughs> How are y'all doing? We're doing great. How are you doing? Woo-hoo. Good. I'm I'm a little uh flustered. <laughs> I just sat down and he put the headphones on. I was like That's right. Okay. Get the headphones on, girly, and get to work. <laughs> it's the best way to do it. Here. So, so- let me ask you a question now that I got you in front of the microphone. Oh God, here he goes. Be quiet, you. <laughs> okay, you shot the you shot the film last summer. Yes. How has this past twelve months been? Has it been like nerve wracking for you, waiting to see what the final product ends up looking like? Uh, yes and no. Um, the actors in this project, I think, have been a lot more involved with it than we would be on other projects. Um, most of the time at least for me, my experience has been, you know, you work on a project, especially a film, and then you leave it. And you kind of just move on, and all the post-production work is done by the folks who do that kind of stuff. And you might be around for promotion, you might not. I mean, with student films, the cases, you know, there's a lot of student films. It's like practice work for actors. Um, you, don't, you don't ever see really the final product. They might send you a DVD. There's no, like, premiere or anything like that. So, so for this film, it's been a little different because um, we've all stayed friends, and we've all been involved in, you know, promotional work and conventions it's a lot more of a culture than than just like a project i happen to work on so the last the last 12 months have been busy i mean i've been doing other stuff but i also i see mike a lot um i'm obviously i'm dating someone from the cast so yeah we we hang out it's cool um haven't been really nerve-wracked about it but really excited to see to see what mike did with it i was really excited to see the rough cut a little while ago and and uh see the response we're getting from csts and uh gearing up for dragon con so. Yeah, Dragon Con sounds like it's going to be a, a hell of a good ride. Yeah, really I think so. Does. I mean, it's it's a great it's a great convention. It's got everything. I mean, it's huge. So, I mean, it's exciting just to be going, even you know. Yeah, but I mean, this time you're going <laughs> as someone, you know. <laughs> yeah, as you're not like to, some random like. You're not like comment. Oh, but I am. <laughs> no, you're totally not. Uh, yeah. I look at the list of who's going to be there, and I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> No, you see, you don't. You, you haven't figured it out yet. We <laughs> figured it out. You guys don't realize just how big this actually is. Oh, really? You really don't. You really don't. It's, you know, is same thing happened to me, Mike. I was telling Mike about this Friday afternoon. We, I was at work, and uh, oh, by the way, for those of uh, you who uh, work with me and are listening tonight. I was working my ass off Friday afternoon. Uh-huh. Yeah, I absolutely was. And uh, um, they were all no. watching the trailers. Yes. <laughs> uh, you're supposed to sh- show them, not tell them. Oh, okay. Well, in that case, there's not a chance that's going to happen then. Uh, no, no, uh, really. I was working. Because uh, we were all watching uh, the different trailers on Vimeo because that was the one thing that IS didn't have blocked out. <laughs> And John, have you told her what you thought of the movie yet? I'm sorry? <laughs> Mike Mike wants to know if you've told me what you thought of the movie yet. Oh, geez, that'll take half an hour. Oh. Have, I told, <laughs> have I told you yet? No, I haven't. Well, you can read the review when it goes up after the show. No, because I'm going to do the review live in about five minutes. Oh, <laughs> oh boy. Here we go. Next 30 minutes, you said? Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. It's going to be five minutes. It really takes <laughs> five minutes. Uh-huh. <laughs> are we ready? I don't know. What do you think, guys? Are we ready for it? Are we ready to go into uh, you know the rest? Third, of the, 
the brand version of the show? A 30-minute review? Are we no. going mat shot by mat shot? <laughs> we could. <laughs> I don't have well. a problem with that. Hey, let me tell you, I went mat shot by mat shot when I saw the rough cut. <laughs> I'll bet you did, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, if, you, if you're going to start that, I'm going to go get another beer. So. Why don't you go get another beer? Woo-hoo! And yeah. I'll, just, I'll just start the review. Do it. <laughs> okay. Wait, don't. Yo. Now, I, I have seen the first 15 minutes myself. Right. Um, let me just ask you, in your opinion, do you feel that it's worthy of Joss Whedon and his vision for the show? And why? Or not? Uh, okay. I'm the asking answer. everybody. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, the answer there is an unequivocal yes, and uh, there's a couple of different reasons for it. Number one is that there's an original stories there. Uh, not only is there an original story, but there's a, a kind of incredibly cool backstory as well for a number of the characters. Um, on top of that, it's very Whedon-esque in, in the way that uh, they want... There's a lot of backstory that you know is there that they just haven't bothered to reveal in, in this film, and you want to know what it is. Uh, so from, from the point of view of the story, absolutely. From the point of view of... Uh, uh, the actors and the way they portray that story, uh, yeah, I'm thinking yes, I really am. Um, there are a couple of people who just, just jump off the uh, the screen at uh, at me anyway, and uh, you know me, I, I am uh, kind of harsh from time to time with stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that that didn't happen here. That didn't happen. I'll tell you what. Let me just let me jump into the review, and then we'll talk after that. How's that? That work for you, X? Yes. Okay, cool. So let's start out with a few disclaimers. I'm getting nothing for writing this. No money's changed hands. Second, yeah, I'm a feeding fanboy. There's no question about it. Third, I'm basing this review on a rough cut with Final Cut Dude Dragon Con. So, you know, you have to let the chips fall where they may with that. I've recently become acquainted with many of the cast and crew of the movie and the brown cuts themselves. Wave to them. Hello. They're all a fun group to hang around with. And they've been treating me really, really nicely. We're all around you. I know. It's cool. (laughs) (laughs) As with all good films, uh, a good film's strength relies on three things. Character, story, and synergy. Browncoat's Redemption takes place within the Whedonverse and Firefly at another pocket of settlers. It chronicles the trials and life of the crew as they against the oppressive regime, the regime we've all come to know. The beginning gives us a glimpse into the world that they live in, as well as the outer shell of the crew. Chief among them, Captain Laura Matthews, played with both charm and heart by Laura Fagan. Heather brings to the screen a presence that is captivating, strong and vulnerable, and quite frankly, wonderful. When she smiles, the screen lights up. When she's angry, the universe trembles. For such is the life of a big damn hero, thrust into a situation she did not want to be in. John Patrick Barry as Wheeler Dealer Banks is just fun in his sly way of bringing a sardonic sense of reality to the work of redemption. His eyes are to tell to the universe, letting anyone know he means business, and business is what he does. Guy Wellman plays Cameron Allen, keeper of the personal history, and when push comes to shove, the quiet strength of conviction behind this group. 
As with any great story, the writers left me wanting more from him, more backstory to bolster that quiet strength. You'll like this one. <laughs> and I swear to God, I wrote this three days ago. I would be remiss without mentioning Miriam Paltrow, its hired pilot, Petra Jo Chen. Ta-da! From her introduction <laughs> at the bar to the final frame of the movie, she sparkles with an infectious energy that made me question who Pete really was and what she really wanted. The rest of the crew, Kevin Troy, PJ McGaw, Michael Levy, et al., made for a really wild ride. Kurt Skarsgård is chilling as the amoral Thaddeus Stevens, putting a face to the arrogant evil that is the government forces. From his first appearance on screen, the viewer knows the darkness underneath, and its reveal is even more evil than first imagined. Also, Ted Taylor as Minister Turner is as cold as the dark space, personifying the power that corrupts, personifying the alliance. I would love to be able to list everyone in the cast and crew on the ship, every person in the town, every child on the sidewalk, every brown coat. But suffice it to say, this is a Herculean effort, an effort that shows in every single frame, an effort that belies the term fan film, because ultimately the viewer is rewarded with another glimpse into the Firefly universe. 94 plus minutes came and went so quickly for me. It was a bad cliche, wanting so much more. More characters, more redemption, more big damn heroes. And that's my review. Oh, that is an epic review. <laughs> I feel like you should read it again so I can make my noise <laughs> in the background. That's okay. <laughs> like, it should have just. I was so tempted to, anytime you mention a bad guy, dun dun dun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, those get added in in post. Yes, we do that in post. Not a Glad problem. to hear it. You just need to tweak it a bit, you know. <laughs> No, that's a glowing review. It's so so much appreciated. Obviously, I mean, so so much hard work went into it, you know, um, and and people can say what they want about it. About you know, as, as far as you know, well, everybody loves it and works so hard. And some people will take issue with the fact that it's it's made by fans. But truly, like, who else would have made it? You know what I mean? Um, well, there's there's a whole lot of internet trolling that goes on because when you sit behind uh, the anonymity of an IP address, oh yeah, you pretty much believe you can say anything and and you know trash anything to your heart's content. But I, I not, not only that, but I mean, I, people feel more compelled to to say negative things when they feel them rather than positive things. I feel like there's there's not nearly just in general in life not as much of an effort put into making sure you you give positivity you know send out positivity absolutely and also there's a certain producer director person who obsesses over them (laughs) (laughs) just saying just saying (laughs) absolutely so x yeah so having watched that 12 minutes what did you think where were you at with this well, just the tease I, I saw, I was very impressed. Um, I, I mean, the production values are very high. Uh, the acting was spot on, and the script was very witty. I mean, when I start laughing and just feeling right at ease right from the get-go, I was like, oh, oh my God, it, it's over already? I want to keep watching. So, yeah, I'm, I am very... Uh, I was very impressed by what I saw. I want to watch more. I'm based on your review. I'm sure the rest of it will be even better, and I can't wait. 
And you, know, you know what I noticed when, when we were watching the 12 minutes, because we were all together, is that we, we all had similar emotions and we all reacted the same way. When it was funny, we all laughed and it gave you the same sense of community that you go to the theater to get. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It was really cool because when we, when we watched the teaser, it was right after we did our show last week because Andrew had come up for the show. No. And we had, what, about 12, 12 people in the living room, and we just popped it in. And Mike came on and did his little song and dance for like a minute or so. And it then was adorable. It was very cute. It was very He's cute. cute. He's cute. He's just now, a ugly teddy bear. Now, what we really want the brown coats to know is that for a, for a very reasonable fee, Dome will read this review to each and every one of your parents. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I would pay you know. to hear that review again. I would. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you know, we're sitting there and we're all, in, we're all in the living room. We're just kind of burned out of having just done a show. And all of a sudden, everybody just, the room shuts down completely and everybody focuses on, on the screen. And I actually pulled away from the screen and I was watching everybody else's faces. And that was the cool thing. Because we had a couple of guests uh, actually in studio that night who uh, had no idea that they were going to be watching this, uh, who used to be pitch writers for uh, Star Trek Voyager. Mm. Oh, yes. And, well, Greg Norris and Laura Van Fleet. Right. And they sat there and they just kind of went, whoa, fan film? I don't think so. And yeah, that was pretty much everybody's, you know. That, that's been everybody's response so far. It's like, you know, stop calling it what it isn't. Mm-hmm. Because uh, there's, there's too much good stuff going on in this for call that. It is what it is. It's a film, and it's a good film. And, it, you know, it holds a place in the Whedonverse. Uh, it showed up in that last Firefly book, I believe. Yeah, that's right. So, uh, I think it's called Still Flying. Yeah. I think the third of the Firefly, third or fourth of the Firefly Companion books. And I mean, you know, this this is good stuff. This is really, really good stuff. So tell us some, give us some dirt about the filming. How some bad were these? The filming. Yeah. I mean, how oh, bad it was like, horrible. Tr- Worst tr- conditions I've ever worked under. I can imagine. They wouldn't know. feed me. They just, they, they, <laughs> they treated you so terribly. terribly. <laughs> all of those scenes you see that we shot, we were shooting them at two in the morning and. I had been okay, up all day. Okay, this interview's over. I'm done. Um. <laughs> it's the beer talking. Shut up. <laughs> A.K.A. everything I'm saying is true. Okay, gotcha. Got the code. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was interesting because the, the, um, the mood on set was very much like what you were saying about the community of going to the theater. I mean, because it was a fan effort, everyone who came cared so much. It wasn't, a you know work for a paycheck. It wasn't work for, oh my God, I need this credit. Or, you know, I really wish I was doing something else. Everyone who came brought heart and energy and, and interest. And, um, just like, it was, it was wonderful, wonderful experience. Um, there was a lot of hard work obviously that went into it. Um, a lot of people were new to what they were doing and I think did a fantastic job as far as, um, we've talked a lot about learning curve for a lot of the people who were involved that just starting with, well, I've never done this before. What can I do? And, and doing as much research as they possibly could and, you know, studying Firefly and studying Serenity as well as other films. Um, and, and because everyone on set cared so much about the product, 
um, the, the mood that was created was one of community. I think that's one, that's one thing that's stuck with us all and why we all still hang out. It's, it's just a very, very different mood. It's not work. Um, this, this, this industry can very easily become work. Um, and as someone who's pursuing acting as a career, um, the more time you spend on set, the more you realize how, how monotonous it can be. And you do the same thing so many times from so many different angles. And you just have to keep your energy the same. You have to look the same. You have to care every time. And, and that work wasn't as hard, nearly as hard um, on this set because it was, just, it was such an interesting project to work on. I mean, it was, it was very, very different. We all had so much fun. Everyone's still friends. <laughs> so it sounds real... cheesy. It sounds so cheesy, but it's true. No, it's true. No, it doesn't sound cheesy at all because it just, you know, uh, rubber stamps what I've thought about it all along. So the question now is, uh, are, are you set for uh, the sequel? <laughs> well, if the, if there's a sequel, if and when. There will um, be a sequel. I, I don't plan on like, pushing my, my role to anyone else. <laughs> Damn right. <laughs> Nor should you. No I love Chen. That's right. Uh, thank you very much. And nobody, nobody else gets to play that. I hope, <laughs> unless there's something bad that happens and the boss decides to fire me. No, but I, I'm, I, I'm I, all right. Especially since that that guy from Sci-Fi Saturday Night wrote such a great review about you. <laughs> Ooh, I know he mentioned me by name. I'm yeah. fluttering. <laughs> <laughs> So would you like to speak with Mike again for a bit? I, 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 I don't want to let you go, but I mean, if I have to, I will, sure. Well, I'll be around, so if you think of anything else you want to say, I'm here. Well, there's a lot, but I, I mean, I'm not going to do it on here. Oh, and, you I mean, your boyfriend's there like to <laughs> 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 All right, here's Mike. Cool. So do you guys have diabetes from that sweetness yet? Oh my god, Mike Doherty, son, my boobs! <laughs> Sorry, I get excited. Wow. <laughs> She's adorable, isn't she? Yeah, she is. She absolutely Shut up, is. Dom. I hear you. And it's, a damn, and it's a damn shame she just couldn't get any of that to come out in the film. <laughs> I know. Terrible. She was so bad in it. <laughs> Such a shame. I know. Well, we're going to recast her at the next one. What can you do? <laughs> <laughs> Dom, Dom says if I recast you, he's going to come down here and sodomize me like a poor cat. <laughs> I don't know. I had a good stream of thought going on that one. And and I it lost. just kind of died halfway through, didn't it? <laughs> I think of Dom, Dom, sodomize, or Dom sodomizing anything. I'm, uh, oh, I think I threw up in my mouth a little bit. Oh, my God. It's a fear we live with every day. <laughs> well, when you experience it firsthand, things can happen. I'm kidding. All right, and I'm silence fell over the podcast. I'm going to go get a drink now. So, hey, we're going to um, have to label this one exclusive. So, um, um, Mansquito! Um, okay. Bad Wolf by Peter Vinton, which is a very nice print. You should comment on the post that this podcast will eventually be in. Um, so keep on the lookout for that. And she's a winner at random. There, you, I did the trivia thing that's not you, trivia. Using the incredible brand new random number generator that you just got. Yeah, I have a cool random number generator. Use it. So somebody please post a comment. So if like three people post a comment, it won't work very hard. Yeah. But if like eleven five people post a comment, yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah, go for eleven five. 
11d5, <laughs> that's an awesome number. I know, I know. It's right after 10d4. I like uh, I like 11d6. Okay, I'm good with that. Uh, reminds me of old school D&D a little bit. <laughs> Generated by a TRS-80. <laughs> <laughs> Which is evidently what Mike is broadcasting on tonight. Anyway. Exactly. <laughs> Hey, hey, leave my Commodore 64 alone. <laughs> leave Commodore 64 alone. <laughs> so cute, Mr. Crocker. Is your mascara running? <laughs> it is. I'm going to run to Hot Topic and get some more. Okay. We'll wait for you. <laughs> uh, you, know, you know, the best part about Sci-Fi Saturday Night is that we hit these uncomfortable lulls every once in a while, and that's fun. <laughs> So, so the London Film Museum has a new Ray Harryhausen exhibit. Ah! Mr. X, do you want to summarize Ray Harryhausen? For those of us who don't know what he... Not Wait, me. I was having an argument at, at X's house earlier today at the Four Colors of Comments about Ray Harryhausen. Now, somebody made the specious claim that the owl in Ray Harryhausen's Clash of the Titans was CGI'd. What? What? No. No. no How not does that even work? Not a chance in hell. It was, in fact, all stop-motion animation. That's that, right. I believe. And that was actually kind of like Ray Harryhausen's, probably his best work in that film. In did terms you see of, what they did to that in the modern remake? It's no. freaking horrifyingly crap. I it's horrifyingly it's... crap, and they completely disrespected the uh, the owl in that. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I wasn't even going there, but yeah, you're right. They did. That, I'm like, when I heard about that, I'm like, fuck you. You're not even going to get my dollar from the red box. <laughs> so, wow. So, like somebody... so, I was researching this story on the London Film Museum site, and I came across this, this news story that I felt I had to share. In the London Film Museum, they have the original Alien Queen prop. Nice. Alien Queen from? Aliens. Yeah. Okay. And somebody has stolen the inner jaw of the Alien Queen. Yes, because that's valuable. Well, it is to somebody, clearly. (laughs) I don't get it, but please return the Alien Queen's jaw. Oh, I completely get it. Can you imagine running around with that at, you know... You, you go to the dentist. All right, open one. <laughs> well, you know, here's, here's the other thing. I remember about 10 years ago, uh, there was a small con up in uh, Manchester, New Hampshire, and they were supposed to have uh, the captain's chair from uh, Star Trek, the original Star Trek, one of the five prop captain's chairs. And the night before, somebody had broken into the... Uh, the storage locker and stolen it. Really? So my question then becomes, what the f do you do with it? You sit I mean, where do you put it? That somebody's not going to? Oh, that's the stolen captain's chair, isn't it? it, it it's a table. <laughs> there's, there's a real black market for that kind of thing. My chart. Yeah, it's yeah, my dignity. He has the whole enterprise set up in his basement, and he needed something authentic to make it feel more, yeah. more right. Yeah, he wants to feel like Shatner as opposed to just like you know, as he puts he it next to, to the pool table. Like 
Ooh. And yes, uh, he wants to feel up Shatner. Don't well, you? All, all he has to Listen do is everybody. Yeah. Babies, and then <laughs> but seriously, if, if you are listening and you know the whereabouts of the inner jaw of the alien queen, I call want us. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Yeah, send us an email so that we can break the story. We'd love to break that story. Yes. I'll tell you what, I'll make you a deal right now. I will donate a special prize to anybody who drops an email or a comment to us on this podcast with the best story about what happened to the inner jaw of the alien queen. Where uh, is I would like to pitch that M. Night Shyamalan stole it so he could actually have some credibility in the geekdom world after that crap last m- movie he made. I'm not even going to say after the title. That it's that not worth crap, it. Any movie that he made. You know yes. what? I can handle most crap that he makes, but what he did to the most recent movie that he put out is just, it's atrocious. No, that thing in the water movie, that was horrible. All of his yeah. movies suck. Well, no, no, let's, I don't Piranha, Piranha 3D is going to look awesome, but we're talking about M. Night Shyamalan here. I so, think the only people who like his movies are people who are gullible and really don't see the ends coming. Great. <laughs> yeah. Well, when you take an established franchise and you completely flip it on its end and then give a middle finger to the audience that could make you a lot of money, I think you should have your testicles stomped on and, you know, move forward with life from there, never doing that job again. No, seriously, how do you feel? Wow. (laughs) I think he should have been castrated after the village. Wow. Uh, I don't know. I think science pretty much did him in. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. This is our argument against jury duty, folks. (laughs) 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 You don't want us to be the deciding member. No, you definitely don't want us in there. That's for sure. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I'll be in the jury going, did you do it? <laughs> like, I don't care what the judge says. Did you do it? No? Yeah, Fuck it. You're wasting my afternoon. All right. Thanks a lot. Drive safely. Good night, everyone. Da-da-da. <laughs> <laughs> so did you guys hear that James Cameron, after the uh, ruckus, amazing job he did with Avatar's 3D work, now wants to direct the Black Eyed Peas? Oh, Lord, No. So, uh, in what may be the strangest film pairing in a while, James Cameron is set to direct Avatar. I'm sorry, direct 3D concert film for the Black Eyed Peas. That's according to Will I Am, and uh, he's, Will I Am says, uh, right now we're planning a 3D tour, and James Cameron is directing it. <laughs> we're planning a 3D tour. How did they do a 2D tour? <laughs> I have no idea. Okay, that, that's coming from Will I Am. This is very scary. Hey, we're doing the next tour in 3D, guys. What? Well, you know, the, the last one they did with the, uh, the shadow puppets and the, you know, it just wasn't enough. Wow. Oh, speaking of tours, though, I do want to point out, I was at, uh, I saw Dweezil Zappa last night on his uh, Frank Zappa review tour. And uh, Dweezil, at the end of the show, was very gracious, accepted a sci-fi Saturday night pin. And there's a great f- picture that's going up on the site soon of him pointing to the sci-fi Saturday night logo. Going, awesome. what the hell is that? <laughs> it's a brain in a jar. Look at that. Wow. Thank, thank you for that pin. Thank you. Which I promptly discarded in the trash can. No, but he no, asked, he specifically said, nice wow, can I have that pin? And I was like, um, yeah, go right ahead. Man. Oh, he said, can I have that pin? Yes. Well, that's awesome. That's See, now so- that makes the story better. It does. It makes the yeah. story infinitely better. Of course, if you're like, there's a brain in a jar on that pin. Well, hell, I want that. <laughs> Because <laughs> everybody needs a brain, a in, a brain in a jar. 
And if you only had a cupcake to go with it. I know. That's what I'm saying, man. You know, somebody, somebody, and I'm not saying who, but somebody could yeah. be the official bakery of Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Jeff Goldman. <coughs> because all they'd have to do is put together a <laughs> in the jar cupcake. That's it. Wow. I, you know what? Sci-Fi Saturday uh, Nachos. Sci-Fi Saturday Nachos. I would buy them and eat them. Okay, recipe for Sci-Fi Saturday Nachos. Blue corn chips. Get nachos. Green green sugar or or green salt on there. Okay? Yeah. Um, Pink cheese, because that's the brain matter. Oh, I think our show needs plenty of cheese. (laughs) Yes, and I think when we don't have it, you can just sing. Mm. So have you guys um, made these Sci-Fi Saturday Night Nachos before? No, I'm making it up as I go along. Yeah. Oh, excellent. Good. There you go. You assume there's a level of planning here. Wow. <laughs> as a matter of, as a matter of my podcast, there's none. Uh, so, I, you know, having, having attended a live taping of the podcast, I would completely disagree with you. But then again, I was there. So Yeah, but you were I drinking, so going. it doesn't count. <laughs> What's different between then and now? Absolutely, Absolutely nothing. nothing. <laughs> Dude, and you were, you were babbling afterwards saying it looks like someone's living room. I mean, come on. Yeah, really. I know. You were in our studio and you thought it was somebody's living room. What the hell? Yeah. I got confused. You know, I moved from my like normal stasis of sitting on a couch to there. Everything looks different. So, what is that really bad ringtone going on in the background? I wish you guys could be here to hear this really bad ringtone. Oh, bring it over to the microphone. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, have you guys talked about Andrew Garfield being cast as Peter Parker in the new Spider-Man movie yet? No, not no. yet. But he has some hair, doesn't he? Yes, he does. <laughs> he has almost quite, not quite Edward and Cullen Twilight hair. Just makes uh, you want to punch him in the hair, doesn't it? I do <laughs> want to punch him right in the hair. Shout out, Drew. Yeah, absolutely, Drew. <laughs> and by the way, he's at a fireworks display with Captain Hare tonight. Save the hair. Save the hair. <laughs> <laughs> no, this, this, this. I, I mean, how how bad can we make the new Spider-Man spin-off franchise, franchisette, whatever the hell it actually is? I don't even well, know what it is anymore. You don't know. I mean, give him a chance. What if it was Matt Smith? You gave him a chance. But Joan didn't want to give him a chance. I no, I did He's cute as hell, though, so. We gave Toby Maguire three chances. He screwed it up on two of them. So what are you going to do? Pretty uh, much. Uh, Pretty much. Wow. And well, maybe you know, Spider-Man has a bow tie. As, as much as <laughs> giving Matt Smith a chance, I still miss Billy Piper. And there's no two ways about it. All right, you all right, all right. Piper. Now, I'm just saying, anyone who knows where I can get Amy Pond's tights from Vampires of Venice and leaves a comment on this, on this podcast, you'll get something special. Uh, Let, let's just reiterate. You want our listeners to help you get into her pants. No, Absolutely. just for tights. Dude, if I could get into her pants, <laughs> I would not be here right now. She is freaking adorable. Okay. okay. Can we please get make sure that the explicit rating is on this podcast tonight, please? Uh, nice. Just uh, saying. Oh, coming up. Cutie pie. There we go. X, make Here. it happen. 
Ah, oh, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> on the coming up calendar, next week we have author Tracy Hickman of the Dragonlance and Get- Deathgate Cycle novels talking about Woo-hoo! his. Woohoo! Talk about his new exclusively online project, Dragonsbar.com. And that is on- so not what I thought you said. <laughs> Go ahead. You can't let the other shoe drop, man. What did you Just think? Just keep going, man. Just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> and on July 17th, we have fan favorite artist Frankie B. Washington returning to talk about his new series, Zombies vs. Cheerleaders. Wait, before you go on, before you go on, how'd you like it? It was good. It wasn't Watchmen, but it was good. <laughs> was it as good as <laughs> Was it as good as Frankie Goes to Hollywood? Oh, uh, much better than that. Well, it didn't make me relax. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Good Lord. Sci-Fi Saturday Night is the official podcast of the Boston Comic-Con and of Comic Art House, your one and only source for original comic artwork. Visit Bob and Kim at ComicArtHouse.com for the best deals on original art from dozens of your favorite artists. Tonight's outro music is provided by Zanoise. Pick up their CD, The Benevolent Beast, on iTunes. Because, folks, it may be over, but it never ends. I want to thank Mike Doherty, producer, director, and raconteur of Brown Coats Redemption. And especially thank, especially, especially, especially thank Miriam Poltro, who plays Petra Jo Chen on Brown Coats Redemption, for joining us tonight. It was a pleasure, my friends, to have you with us. Thank you guys so much, as always. And uh, we're still trying to figure out a way to get to Dragon Con to be there with you. <laughs> Gladly, uh, gladly would love to have you guys there. I know you'll be there in spirit and we'll you know what we're gonna do is is if you're not there, we will do a uh, we will call in from the floor of Dragon Con Saturday. Oh, night. you rock. Absolutely. One way or the other we'll do that anyway. If we're there, we'll do a live show from Dragon Con. How's that? That <laughs> is awesome. Uh, right. From the four color vault of comics. X. Thanks for a lovely July third. Ah, my pleasure. England prevails. Or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) Kriana, for all you do, thank you so much. Uh, And from all of us here at Sci-Fi Saturday Night, have a wonderful and safe July 4th. Good night, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> that was, was just dumb. Got it. Oh. Sorry. You, did, you didn't stop the recording. There we go. Thank you. <laughs> that was my cutest.